As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. It would have taken 4.52 years of median income working to buy a median priced home. And in 2021, it's still relatively the same. It's 4.9 years to be able to afford a median income home. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Actively Passive Investing Show. I'm your host, Travis Watts. have a really exciting episode to share with you guys today, and it's of the conversation, is U.S. real estate expensive or is it cheap? And I think that's a great question to ask. And of course, the media and the headlines are going to say that real estate's out of control and prices have skyrocketed and all these things. And while some of that's true, I think it's important to have the greater conversation surrounding the context of all this. Is real estate expensive compared to what? So the background here is that most of you guys know I'm a nerd and I'm a full-time investor and I do a lot of research from a lot of different sources all day, all week, all month, all year. That's just kind of the name of the game. And the benefit to you is, of course, I get to share a lot of that content with you. And I pulled a lot of this data from a really interesting research project by Jason Hartman. So if you guys aren't familiar, he's a real estate guy, does a lot of great in-depth research. And I wanted to highlight a few things. It's not just solely based off this presentation that Jason did, but other sources as well, which I'll share with you. But it's basically what we're talking about is comparing real estate to other commodities and other things, not just the US dollar to show you that, well, maybe it is very expensive or maybe it's actually cheap. So without further ado, I'm excited to jump in. I'm excited to share with you this. Please always keep in mind the classic disclaimers. I'm not giving anybody financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, a CPA, lawyer, attorney. So always seek licensed advice, but I am here to provide some educational topics for you to think about and hopefully help you make better decisions as you go about your investment journey. So the first thing I want to talk about is that real estate, as we all know, is very local. There is no such thing as the real estate market. There's, gosh, 400 plus markets throughout the U.S. There's 
3,100 counties within these counties or cities and submarkets and different neighborhoods. So when we talk about is real estate expensive, is it cheap? It really depends on what real estate we're talking about. For example, I was on one of these platforms, I forget what it was, Zillow, Redfin or something the other day. And I was looking, I like doing this because again, I'm a nerd. I like going nationwide and just looking at real estate prices everywhere and just see what's happening. So I found a three bed, two bath, single family home in Santa Monica, California for $2 million, $2 million under 2000 square foot, by the way. And then I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Is that expensive? Is that cheap? I really don't know without a further context. And then I've got some family out in Oklahoma and I dove out to Muskogee, Oklahoma, and I found a three bed, two bath, 2000 square foot for $200,000 single family home. So again, is it expensive? Is it cheap? It really depends. And a big part of what it depends on is what we're using to measure. For example, if you're using the U.S. dollar and we look at history, then yeah, housing's gone up specifically over the last 12 to 18 months. It's really skyrocketed as the media likes to use that term. But that is only looking at part of the equation. That's only considering in dollar denominated terms if you're using U.S. cash dollars to purchase the home. As we all know, and as we talk about a ton on the show, and I think over the last two, three episodes, we've hit heavy on inflation. So I'll give you an example off the top of my head. My dad's favorite car is a 67 Chevy. So I researched how much was a 67 Chevy when it was brand new on the lot and sold to the general public in 1967. It was around $5,000. So my dad and I, well, mostly me, went on a collector car site where people resell their restored and collectible cars. I found a restored 67 Chevy, looked pretty nice, pretty good job on the restoring, selling for $50,000. So same car, relatively speaking, right? But $5,000 to purchase back then, $50,000 to purchase today. What changed the dollar has devalued over time. Now, of course, you could argue that's a special category or that's just collector cars and how that works or whatever. But of course, you could take it in the real estate context as well. My wife and I, we used to own a 1932 home and that home sold for about $5,000 in 1932. And today it's 700 plus thousand dollars. Same home, in fact, in worse condition because it's dilapidating, right? It's an old brick home. It's got cracks in it. It's super old. It's creaky. But here we are, 5,000 compared to 700,000. So let's dive into what real estate really is. When we say real estate, whether we're talking single family dwelling, we're talking a duplex, we're talking a 400 unit apartment building, what you're actually buying is really kind of a basket of commodities. It's comprised of lumber, steel, glass, concrete, labor, energy, copper, etc. You get the point. And as we all know, each of these individual commodities, they have their own swings and peaks and valleys. So we all know that lumber's up right now in price and as far as dollar terms, it has a lot to do with supply and demand, has a lot to do with inflation, it has a lot to do with a lot of things. But the point is, copper's had its volatility where it spikes up super high and then it drops super low. So it really depends when homes are being built what the commodity prices are at that time. And generally speaking today in 2021, commodity prices are quite high 
in dollar denominated terms. Therefore, the price of housing has gone up or skyrocketed. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. One question on everybody's mind right now is, is this type of inflation that we're seeing, this massive increase over the last 12 to 18 months, is that permanent inflation? In other words, are all these commodity prices and everything else going to stay elevated from here moving forward and pretty much forever? Or are they what they call transitory, which is another term for temporary? So maybe we're just kind of in this little peak right now, and then we trickle back down into a valley, things normalize in a year or two. I really don't know. And I wish I had a crystal ball, but it is something to consider as we move through this conversation. I will say this in the context of real estate, one of the biggest things that's being talked about, one of the biggest metrics to buying and selling real estate is what interest rates are. So we all know that Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, has kept rates very, very low. He's dropped rates and kept them low since COVID, especially, but even before COVID. So that's put a lot of interest into buying real estate, I would say even more so in 2021. And the reason is, you guys, whether we're talking, again, single family, duplex, 400 unit, if you're going to go get debt, a mortgage, and you're going to buy real estate, you're probably going to have a very, very low interest rate, maybe around 3%, for example, purposes. And here's the crazy thing. They've already, since April, been releasing the inflation statistics, which we've talked about more and more often on the show. But anywhere between 4%, 5%, 6%, different metrics, different CPIs, different things to go after. But here's the point. <laughs> the inflation metrics are all higher than what interest rates are to borrow money. So here's my perspective. If you're able to borrow money at 3% and lock it in long-term, I'm talking 10, 15, 30 years, and inflation is higher than that, it's almost like having free money. Well, instead of saying free money, it's almost like you're getting paid to borrow money. It's almost like we have negative interest rates in a sense, right? Because the inflation is devaluing the currency. So it's cheaper to pay off the debt in the future. It's just a weird 
weird time that we're in where we have this imbalance of higher inflation, lower interest rates. Back in the 80s, when we had really high inflation, we also had really high interest rates. So it was kind of a different story at that time. All right, so let's dive into the main topic here. The main point of this is real estate expensive or is it cheap? And let's look at some actual comparisons that, again, Jason Hartman came up with. And I'm just going to pull a few. He did a beautiful job doing a full-blown presentation. I just want to highlight some of this stuff for you just to get your mind thinking about it. So what I'm going to use first are metrics from 2010. So you got to back up a minute and think about 2010. So I was investing in real estate in 2010 as I was in 2009. Generally speaking, nationwide, real estate had corrected. We're talking about post-2008, 2009, where everything's falling and collapsing. 2010 was more or less kind of a bottom of the market and before we started seeing an uptrend and a kickback. So we're going to start there on those metrics, and I'll share with you 2021 metrics, and we're going to compare real estate to other commodities. Okay, so the first thing to point out was that the median home price in 2010 nationwide was $222,700 approximately. And the median home price today in 2021 is around $355,000 and some change. So the first thing I want to compare it to is gold. So in 2010, it would have taken 162 ounces of gold to purchase a home that was within the median range. And today in 2021, it would take 208 ounces of gold. So that's a total of about a 28% rise in price over an 11-year period. If you break that down, it's about 2.5% per year. So definitely inflationary. In that regard, real estate's definitely more expensive today than it was back then, but that's just one commodity that we're going to compare to. Now, to kind of go out on a limb and use an extreme example, we could say Bitcoin. So in 2010, it would have taken 773,000 Bitcoin to buy a median-priced home. In 2021, only 7.5 Bitcoin. And of course, those prices aren't completely reflective of when you're listening here today as Bitcoin is very volatile and is up and down, but approximately that. So takes 99.9% less Bitcoin to buy a home today than it would have in 2010. Now let's compare to oil. So we'll use just the standard barrel of oil. And in 2010, it would have taken about 2,500 barrels of oil to buy a medium priced home. In 2021, about 5,300 barrels of oil. So it's a total of 112% increase or about 10% a year appreciation or inflation. Jason also talks about orange juice. Again, it's a commodity. It's things that consumers buy often at the grocery store. So in 2010, you would have had to buy 1,300 pounds of OJ. And in 2021, 3,200 pounds. So 146% increase, about 13.3% inflationary per year. We'll talk about rice real quick. One of the main food sources worldwide for human beings. In 2010, it would have taken about 17,400 pounds of rice to buy a medium priced home. And in 2021, about 27,100 pounds of rice. So about a 55% price increase. That's about 5% inflation per year. Now, you guys, this metric just blows my mind. There's so much content out there about stocks versus real estate and is the stock market in a bubble? Is real estate in a bubble? Just hear me out on this. Really let this one sink in. Comparison to the S&P 500 index. If you had owned shares of the S&P 500 in 2010, keeping in mind, again, 
This was kind of the bottom of the market, but it was also the bottom of the market for real estate. So it's kind of a fair comparison to say stocks were depressed and so was real estate. That was really a, a real estate crisis. So it would have taken 2,179 shares of an S&P 500 index to purchase a median priced home in 2010. In today, only 898 shares. That means that housing compared to the S&P 500 is 58% cheaper today than it was in 2010. Really interesting, in my opinion. So now let's talk about median income. And by the way, Jason did a great job at sourcing all of this. This is all .gov and Federal Reserve data. This is not his opinion. And unfortunately, I don't have all that here to explain to you verbally. That would make for somewhat of a boring episode, but just know that you can check out his presentations and content if you want the actual links and the sources to all of this. But median income is usually found through the Federal Reserve or through .gov. And in 2010, it would have taken 4.52 years of median income working to buy a median priced home. And in 2021, it's still relatively the same. It's 4.9 years to be able to afford a median income home. Guys, I think this is a really important metric to think about when we look at just price and you say, God, real estate's just skyrocketed. Well, Wages have also increased. So that's the whole name of the game is how affordable is real estate today when you factor everything in, including people's income. So the bottom line to that metric is that 8.4% more working that you would have to do to purchase a home. And again, this is assuming that you saved up and you purchased the home in full in cash and didn't mortgage it. So that's only 0.76% per year. So that's hardly inflationary. Now let's take a look at minimum wage. And this one's kind of unfortunate because truthfully, if you're making minimum wage today in 2021, you probably aren't a homeowner unless there's dual income involved or you were granted or gifted a home or maybe in some very inexpensive markets throughout the US, you might be able to afford a home. But generally speaking, minimum wage isn't gonna cut it these days for being a homeowner. So in 2010, making minimum wage, it would have taken about 30,700 hours to buy a home. And in 2021, 49,059 hours to buy a median priced home. So a 59% increase of working at a minimum wage level or about 5.3% a year inflationary. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E to 66866. 
do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. So with all that, I'm going to cut it there. There's so many more examples we can go into. I just don't want to talk your ear off all day and lose you throughout the episode. So I want to bring some of these points home. So here's an alternative perspective to think about. It's not necessarily about the price It's about the payment. Most people, whether we're talking about buying cars, buying homes, most Americans are looking at the payment, whether a lease payment, a rent payment, a mortgage payment, a car payment. They're really basing a decision off how much they can afford on a monthly basis. So this is the real key, in my opinion. It's locking in low interest rate fixed debt long-term on real estate. This is kind of the name of the game. So assuming you had played that card, you had played that strategy. I want to go into these examples going back to the year 2000 this time. So not even really going to the bottom of the market, but just kind of mid-range within a market cycle. We're looking at what your payment would have been in the year 2000, how much of these commodities it would now take to make the same payment on your real estate. So using the comparison back to gold, it would have taken 3.6 ounces of gold to make your mortgage payment in 2000, would have taken 0.7 ounces to make the same payment today in 2021, significantly cheaper than it was back then. Barrels of oil would have taken about 32 and a half barrels of oil to make your mortgage payment in 2000, about 18 barrels in 2021. Orange juice, surprisingly, is actually about the same. It was 10.7 in the year 2000 pounds of orange juice and 10.9 in 2021. So pretty much flat on that one. S&P 500 index shares about 11.12 shares today, about three shares. Drastic difference there. Average amount of hours worked for median income, 69.20 hours to make your payment in 2000. 47.59 today. Minimum wage in the year 2000, 191 hours compared to 165. So nearly every metric with the exception of orange juice 
significantly cheaper had you just put long-term fixed rate debt on the real estate and simply held it, even through the Great Recession. So final thoughts as I kind of extract the data there and I analyze that, perhaps it's not the price denominated in dollars is so high today and that that's so scary. It's that the dollar has lost a lot of value throughout its history, continues losing a lot of value as money continues to be printed. And we just have to accept that we're in an inflationary period of time. And with that data, there's some commodities and metrics that you could look at where you say real estate's really not that expensive when compared to X, Y, and Z. There's other commodities and metrics that you could look at that say it is much more expensive today. So it all kind of depends on where you store your money. Keeping in mind, you can always convert. There's no law or rule that says you must keep cash in the bank. You you can always be working for a living, collecting cash and putting that into different mutual funds or ETFs that track indexes like gold or silver or soybeans or oil. So that is for a much more sophisticated conversation as to all of that. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I'm not a financial advisor or planner. I don't want to be giving any kind of advice like that. But basically, you do have a choice. I'll just put it that way on how you hold your money. And you listen to folks like Robert Kiyosaki. He's always talking about how he stores a lot of his cash and gold and oil and stuff like that. So it is an option. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, good or bad. I'm just saying that's what he does. That's an opinion. And as you saw with the price of gold, maybe he can hedge his portfolio a little bit as inflation kicks up if he's holding in something like gold compared to holding in cash. So what it comes down to is it's all about your perspective. And speaking of perspective, I haven't thrown a quote in one of these episodes, in several episodes, one of my favorite things to do. One of my personal favorite quotes is from Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. It's nearly 2,000 years old. And Marcus said, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. So my quote to kind of follow up on that is always that everybody has an opinion, but the only opinion that matters is your own. So always strategize towards your own goals, set your own goals, kind of reverse engineer how you're going to get there. If you need help, always leverage licensed individuals to help you out. One final thought before we close out this episode is that I was on a phone call a couple of weeks ago with one of my mentors. He's been an investor for so long, and we were talking about inflation as kind of the topic of conversation. He was sharing with me how in the 80s, when he was an investor, even then, that interest rates on real estate were around 16% in, at that time, or at least in his market. And he was saying the smart move at that time, in his opinion, was to pay off your home. Because interest rates were so high, it depressed the purchase price of real estate. So the smart thing would be, again, in his opinion, it'd be like having credit card debt today at 16%. The quote unquote, the smart move would be pay off the credit card debt. And conversely, in today's world, being that we're in an inflationary time, but we have artificially low interest rates, the smart move in his opinion is to lock in fixed rate long-term debt if you're going to buy real estate and pay off your debt obligations with cheaper dollars as we move forward. In his opinion, this is how the rich get richer. And it's always been true throughout time. They understand these types of moves and strategies where Most of the general public is not tuning into this kind of message. So for what it's worth, I wanted to share that with you guys. These episodes are always tuned to you, the individual investor. I am wholeheartedly in this to help you along your journey, to give you some 
alternative ways of thinking, share with you advice from my mentor, share with you some data and statistics that may be helpful in making decisions. So I will wrap it up and quit talking. I will see you guys next week on the Actively Passive Show. Have a best ever week. See you later.